Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday. Sun Guy, along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. Now, someone get him a piece of toast because he doesn't like rump roast. Coach Mike Jones. Before we get started, if you're looking for some professional wrestling tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, FGW at Hamilton, Ohio, PWE in Alton, Illinois, Paradigm Pro Wrestling in Jeffersonville, Indiana, WrestlePro in Palmer, Alaska, tomorrow night, Power Pit Pro Wrestling, where you can find myself at Roseburg, Oregon. Refocus Wrestling in Palmyra, Indiana, BCW in Salt Lake City, Utah, FFW in Panama City Beach, Florida, Dream Wrestling in St. Petersburg, Florida, VFW in Sacramento, California, NEW in Denver, Colorado, Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling in St. Petersburg, Florida, ironically enough. Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, NGW in Crawfordsville, Indiana, EWE in Alton, Illinois, CWI in Jackson, Michigan, Next in Cynthia, Kentucky, DCW in Springfield, Ohio, ECW in Somerset, Kentucky, EPW in Odin, Indiana, XPW in Ludlow, Massachusetts, and Russell Poe back at it in Anchorage, Alaska tomorrow. So get out there, support your local independent professional wrestling. Folks, there is an NGW in Indiana. Have you ever been booked at that NGW? Nope. I, uh, I have, I've been to Indiana twice, once with you and once with a human tornado, but no, I haven't. Maybe we cross-promote with the two NGWs. Hell yes. There we go. So we got to get to Crawfordsville, grab some guys, bring those guys to Tacoma. So have you been to Crawfordsville? Uh, I've been there, but I haven't worked there yet. Okay. All right, cool. Oh, Crawfordsville is roughly the size of Mount Tahoma High School. The whole city? The whole whole, city. It's not a very big place, Coach. If you were thinking it was a massive metropolis, you were a little bit off the mark. So I guess they call that a town. Yes, yes, it is definitely a town. Yeah, all right. Now, Coach, I understand it. An old rival of yours is hitting Tacoma in the next few days. Can you tell us about that? Uh, I'm not sure I remember who it was. 
Perhaps someone famous from the Partridge family. Oh, yeah, Donnie Bonaduce. He's coming to Tacoma tomorrow at uh, Tacoma Dodge between 10 and 12. Down there for uh, a Christmas uh, thing for the kids. So, yeah, come on down and say hi to him and let him know that you want to see him versus the coach. He's been dodging me for 10 years now. Is that why he's going to Tacoma Dodge? <laughs> I guess you're right. Huh? I'll have to let him know. They're going to have to rename it Tacoma Dodge Coach Mike Jones. Exactly. Well, Coach, our guest is here. Let's bring him on right away. We have with us from the great state of Ohio, Riley Rose. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, it's no problem. Well, today being your first day that you have ever been on our show, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into professional wrestling? So what got me into professional wrestling is I was uh, at WrestleMania 34, and just being around the crowd and just uh, the fans and just kind of seeing everything, I was like, yeah, I need to get on this because I've always been wanting to be a professional wrestler since I was like uh, probably like five or six, so... It's just something that I've always wanted to do, and I finally pulled the trigger back in 2018. Now, a lot of wrestlers, when they start out, they have the goal of being on television and working for the major national touring companies. Was TV your end goal when you started wrestling, or did you have a different end goal in mind? I feel like everybody, when they start wrestling, I mean, probably not so much nowadays, but, like, everybody before AEW and everything else was so big was just to be on WWE. But now I think my biggest goal is to be in Japan. Like, I'd rather wrestle in Japan, honestly, than uh, be in WWE. I mean, granted, if WWE were to slam a contract in front of my face or if AEW would, I would obviously take it. But, honestly, Japan is my big goal. Now, Japan is much easier to get to as far as wrestling than it was, say, 15, 20 years ago where you basically had to be asked to go to Japan, but now it's a little more open than that. There's more independent wrestling there. Have you made contacts with people that either work in Japan or know the people to talk to to get to Japan, or are you still working towards that goal? Oh, I'm still working towards that goal. I mean, I've also had the chance to talk to people like uh, Chase Owens and just kind of, like, pick their brains since, you know, they've been in Japan for a while. So, I mean, I've gotten opportunities like that to see what I need to do to get to that next step. But, honestly, like, it's still up in the air, and, I mean, it's the goal that's worth risking everything for, honestly. Now, one of the things that in our era that we're in right now that has been sort of a hot-button topic is blood as it relates to pro wrestling, especially with what medical science has learned over the last 10 years. A lot of people 
don't really like to see blood in matches anymore. Some people are fine with it. Some promotions have blood every single show. Where do you personally stand when it comes to blood as it relates to pro wrestling? I think with blood, I mean, stuff happens. So if somebody busts their nose and they're bleeding, I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I mean, it's with professional wrestling, it's a big thing of trust. You always got to trust whoever you're with in the ring. Um, when it comes to, like, blood in general with wrestling, I personally don't mind it. Like, I'm a huge fan of deathmatch wrestling. Like, I personally would never do a deathmatch. I, I think it takes a special person to do that. But honestly, when it comes to blood, I don't have a problem with it. Now, the blood in a lot of cases is mandated by the athletic commissions. You're out of Ohio where there is a athletic commission that oversees pro wrestling. In your own personal career, have you had to deal very much with the wrestling commission, or is it something that's there but you don't really interact with very much? I mean, the wrestling commission is there, but I've never really had too much of an interaction with them. Just as a general rule, do you think that in today's landscape, athletic commissions that oversee wrestling are needed, or do you think that the commissions are kind of passe and not really relevant? Um, I mean, honestly, like, I really don't have too much info on it, so I don't want to really say much about it because I, I, I just plead ignorance, and there, it's not my part to talk about something that I have no idea about. Completely understood. Now, you, of course, being Riley Rose, share the name of several other famous wrestlers. There has been Buddy Rose, Pat Rose, Randy Rose, all famous people in wrestling with the last name Rose. Do you yourself have a connection to any of the other more famous Rose in wrestling? Well, not that I know of. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if I was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it's um, no connections whatsoever to any of those wrestlers. But, but there's got to be something down the line to have this itch and this goal to be a professional wrestler. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe Buddy Rose was your long-lost great-great-uncle or something. It's a good possibility. Now, you've been around a long enough time that you know that when it comes to pro wrestling at the independent level, the quality of the actual ring can vary. Uh, you have good rings. You have death traps out there. What would you say has been the best physical ring that you've actually wrestled inside of so far? Um, So far, actually, it was a ring in Chicago by a promotion name of Golly Lucha. Honestly, like, taking bumps in that ring was like bumping on a uh, memory foam bed, honestly. It was that soft. So, and, I mean, the ropes were fantastic. The the ring quality in general was just great. Like, that, to my mind, to this day, is probably the best ring I've ever been in. But I've also seen some ugly ones, so. <laughs> I think everybody that stepped through has experienced that at some point, Yeah. Now, another big 
think in wrestling, especially in the last few years, has been tag team wrestling. It seems to be kind of up and down a lot as far as the popularity with tag team wrestling, but it seems to be kind of on an upswing right now. Do you personally have a preference when it comes to tag team versus single wrestling? I mean, personally, I, I enjoy everything, like up to singles, scrambles, fatal four ways, tag team, multi-tag team. Like, I've been a fan of everything. I mean, growing up, one of my biggest inspirations was Jeff Hardy. So, obviously, I watched a lot of tag team wrestling when it came to the Hardy Boys. Um, and so, I, I think tag team wrestling should be more uh, available, in my opinion. I think there should be, I mean, it would be awesome to see, like, a tag team show, just straight up nothing but tag team shows. I know uh, Pro Wrestling Conquest did one uh, in West Virginia, but I feel like it should be more available for people to uh, enjoy, honestly, because there's so much you can do with tag team wrestling. Agreed. Well, at this time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is with us. I'm sure Coach has questions for you, so I'll pass things over to him. Hey, Bradley, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. And, hey, I'm I'm impressed with what I've seen from you. I've watched, like, almost a, a dozen of your matches. And I'd like to say that uh, we're definitely scouting you from our real school army. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so where did you get trained at? So I started a school in Lancaster, Ohio. Um, I was training under Gary Gandy, and then I just recently moved up to Cleveland and started training at Absolute Intense Wrestling, which I, I absolutely love it here. I've learned so much from everybody here, Dominic Guarini, uh, Derek Dillinger. They're fantastic trainers. Nice. So uh, have you got to, got to do any seminars with Cody Hawk? Uh, no, not yet. I definitely in my seminar list. I have had uh, a seminar from Mike Bennett. Um, let's see, Sanjay Dutt, Johnny Bravo. So just to name a few. All right. And then uh, have you been on any shows with him or the rest of the five most wanted? Um, it's probably been a good while, honestly. Um, I do remember having conversations with Cody Hawk. Great dude. Um, but I really haven't been too much in like the area, if that makes sense, or in any other shows with him. So it's been a good while, probably about a year or two. Okay. And then, uh, uh yeah, I really liked your, uh, your sliced bread move off the corner post on the out, on, uh, that outdoor show. That's oh, the one with it, uh, Eric Dillinger. I, I love that match. It was probably yeah. one of my favorite matches this year. And another thing I wanted to say, man, I'm really, what other stuff that impressed me with you is uh, your look and, you know, you got a fucking awesome body and um, your matches are believable. And, and then we're to the point where he, every match I see of yours, one of my thoughts are, man, you can beat this guy, you know, and ultimately I know it's not about winning and losing, but you definitely out there making the other guy look good and looking good yourself. 
Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is all about, wrestling, is just to make this look believable and honestly, like, for people to enjoy it. As long as, like, I could hate the match, and then if there's at least 10 people that enjoyed the match, then I'm totally okay with it, because that that means I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and that's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. And then, uh, uh, and then you can draw heat also, and and then uh, I also like the fact when uh, I had no, when people were calling you Baby Seamus, I'm like shit, that's like a compliment, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean a little bit, you know. I, I I always say that I'm a little uh better looking, but you know that might be a little biased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably are, you know. And then uh, I'm like shit. You know, that's he has amazing body and same with you, so I'm like shit. I didn't I never thought of that until I started hearing the hearing the crowd say that. I was like, damn, that's true he is <laughs> Yeah, I mean I've growing up I've always been called Seamus because, you know, having the red hair and the pale skin, you just automatically get called Seamus all the time. Especially when yeah. you find they find out you're a pro wrestling fan, so <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, and then so uh, who else has been some of your inspirations? Uh, so some of my inspirations have been like obviously I already said Jeff Hardy, um, Edge, um, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, just to name a few of the people that I would always spend time watching, whether it be like film study or it would be growing up, just watching every match of theirs. So I mean I I was a fan of Jeff Hardy when he was TNA WWE. You know, some of his independent stuff that he did before he came back to WWE. So, it's cool to see that, like, he didn't just stick in the WWE bubble and he actually, like, went out and did more. Yeah, and have you got to meet him? Uh, no, I have not. I would definitely would love the chance to meet Jeff Hardy and, you know, just talk to him, pick his brain, see, you know, the... the uh, you know, trials and tribulations he's had with professional wrestling and stuff like that. So I feel like I can get a lot out of talking to somebody that I've looked up to a lot. Definitely. Okay, and then uh, a lot of people have more than one answer for my next questions, but uh, so what was your most memorable match? I always say the most memorable match that I could remember from, like, growing up, and honestly was the first match that I could remember watching growing up, was uh, Kane and Undertaker from WrestleMania 20. Just as a kid, you know, being, I mean, scared of the Undertaker because, you know, his druids and everything and just watching the entrance, it was like, one of those larger-than-life characters. And, I mean, uh, even Kane, like, just watching him come through the fire and everything and just watching the build-up of the storyline, like, it was just kind of uh, one of those matches that I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah, even his, his music, and then when he, like, put his hands down and the fire came up, I mean, I think it was amazing. <laughs> and it, even with The Undertaker, like, you know, when he takes his hat off and rolls his eyes back and the lightning strikes, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, huh? that lightning is badass. So anyway, uh, what what about one of your personal most uh, memorable matches that you had in the ring? Oh man, let's see, 
had quite a few matches. I mean, obviously, back in July, I broke my ankle, so I've had to take some time out of the ring. But honestly, I would have to say the one with Eric Dillinger that you watched where I did the fly spread, that was probably one of my favorite matches of this year. Um, let's see. Now you got me really thinking because I really haven't thought about this yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually had a match uh, right before I had my official comeback with Kevin Giza. And, man, that was such a fun match. Absolutely fun. All right. Okay, uh, what about your most toughest opponent? Oh, my toughest opponent. I'd have to say uh, Rob Killjoy. That's another that's another match that I'll I'll give uh, some love to because Rob Killjoy is a worker. That dude can go. Like if you don't have the gas in the tank, well he's gonna put you on empty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. But uh, I had a triple threat match with him and uh, Percy Drews. I was back in April for uh, All Star Wrestling in West Virginia, and man. Just like watching his matches and then finally getting thrown in a match with him, like it, it was awesome. So we'll we'll throw that in all time favorite matches just from this year and all together. Okay, and then uh, what about what are your most hated opponents in wrestling? Most hated. Ugh. I'd probably have to say Percy Drews, and that's just because, like, I've known Percy for a while. Um, but I, I, wrestling somebody so much in one year, he's just like, man, I don't want to talk to you, dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got to see a I few of those. And, yeah, you, really nice. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Percy's a, he's a good dude. Uh, I've known him since middle school. Like, we grew up together, so. Cool. And then I seen your match in uh, North Carolina against that Moss character. That was a gr- another good match. Who was it? Black guy, the Black Guy Moss. Uh, his last name was Moss. Oh, Maurice Moss. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, good. yeah. He was good on everything. Like honestly, like he before the shows came up to me and he was just like, "Hey, I watched your stuff," and then, like that's something new to me. Like. I've never had somebody like, hey, I watched your stuff. So that was that was really cool. Nice. Okay, and then uh, what's some advice that you'd have uh, for anybody who wants to get in? My advice for anybody that wants to get into professional wrestling, go to a school that's recognizable, honestly. Like, get get your bang for your buck. Like, yes, it might cost a little more, but, I mean, you can – Learn professional wrestling, but honestly, like if you want that extra kick and you want this really badly, go out there, go hit the road, go take seminars. You know, just don't be afraid to take chances on yourself because it will pay off. All right, nice. All right, well, I appreciate having you on, and it's an honor to talk to you, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you. And I'm sure Sign Guy's got more. All righty. Uh, I do, Coach. Thank you. Well, Riley, one of the things that is often taken for granted when it comes to wrestling is the ring announcer. They 
have usually a thankless job, but they are the face of the company. A lot of fans either rightly or wrongly associate the ring announcer with being the authority of the promotion, usually. Who would you say are some of the better ring announcers that you've come across so far? Oh, man. Uh, I, I wish I could remember names. I mean, um, AIW's ring announcer, the guy, a great dude. Like, he, he's great with announcing and you know, even commentary, like, I, he's done some commentary, and I, he does a podcast every week, and so, like, just listening to him and, you know, everything that he does for the company, it's, I don't want to say it's underappreciated, but I definitely want to throw some love to him, um, but, man, there's, there was one announcer that, like, was awesome, dressed really, like, up, like, nice, and, uh, he, he works for Route 33, but I, I'm just blanking on the name. But go check out Route 33 Wrestling, and I can guarantee you'll see who it is. Now, a lot of promotions out there have names that are ironic, uh, like promotions that will have a name, and you're thinking, how did they get that for the promotion name? What would you say is the most ironic name for a company that you've encountered so far? Oh, all right. Um, it's not really like ironic, but the only thing that comes to mind is like Ruthless Pro. Like, I, I'm just curious of how like they came up with the name and everything. I really haven't gotten the backstory, but uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling. It's out of uh, Erie, Michigan. Most of the time, they they travel pretty much through Michigan, um, and it's just like. Awesome promotion, first of all. Like, absolutely love working with Ruthless Pro. And uh, and I don't know, that's just the one name. But otherwise than that, like, everything's pretty, uh, I guess, normal in a way, if you want to say. Um, and also, uh, Golly. Like, Golly Lucha. I, I, like, I want to know the meaning behind Golly. Like, why is it called Golly? Like, you know, I'm not the best person when it comes to the Spanish, but... Um, I know enough to get me by. <laughs> so maybe it's a, a Spanish word. I, I have no idea. So those are the two that kind of intrigued me. Now, did you actually go through Lucha Libre training at any point uh, when you were thinking of going to Galley Lucha, or is Lucha something that isn't something you were formally taught? Um, Lucha was just something that, I mean, obviously I would love to learn. I've never been like trained Lucha Libre, but, um, it, it's something that always has intrigued me. Like I've always been astonished by the athleticism by some of these people with some of the stuff that they do in the ring. So like, it, it's something that I w- would love to get into. Maybe a seminar comes down the road where I'll get to learn. So, but, uh, as of right now, I really don't have any, uh, Lucha training. Obviously, with the goal of going to Japan, you know that the Japanese style is usually different than what the American style is. Do you specifically train for going to Japan? Do you get in there and do Japanese style training, or is it something that you're going to have to 
to sort of learn how to adapt to if you get the chance to go there? I mean, from, like, with video studies, I always try to, like, make my kind of matches, like, Japanese style in a way. I mean, I would, I'm sure there's going to be something that, like, when I do get the chance to go to Japan, that's going to blindside me. But that's, like, everything. Like, we never know everything about professional wrestling. There's always something new that pops out of nowhere. But um, I definitely like everything that I do in my matches, my style, um, my in-ring work is mostly to prepare me for Japan from what I've seen on, like, videos and matches and stuff like that. How many people that you have wrestled or even just been on shows with so far would you say have gone to Japan that can give you first-hand knowledge of what they experienced going over there? I mean, there's there's been a couple people that I've been on shows with or, like, I was at a show helping out. Like, I've been with shows with um, Noro Suzuki, Tashi Ishimori, um, Chris or Chase Owens, like I said, and um, I mean the only one that I really could talk to is obviously with the language barrier is uh, Chase, but I've also gotten experience like how it is with uh, trying to get over the language barrier and put on like a fantastic match. So like that's that's one cool thing that I've gotten to see in this past year that definitely will help out in the future because like I was completely clueless because I can't just assume that everybody that goes over to Japan speaks Japanese, so. One of the things over the last maybe five years or so that we've seen in pro wrestling here in the United States is the increased popularity of Japanese wrestling, like promotions like New Japan where they now can tour the United States and you see a lot of people getting the subscription package to watch New Japan and so forth. It was always sort of a um, niche audience here in the States that followed Japanese wrestling, but it seems to be a lot more mainstream lately. What do you think it is that finally changed here in America that Japanese wrestling sort of got the mainstream buzz about it? I think, honestly, in my opinion, like, opening up that forbidden door, and it all started with, like, uh, Ring of Art, like, having some of these Japanese wrestlers. Oh, looks like he lost the call. O'Reilly dropped the call. Hopefully he'll call right back, Coach. Okay. You don't happen to have a book you could read from, do you? No, remember, I'm, I got my hands full here. <laughs> well, you know, QT always had a book just for this type of situation, but there we go. We got him back. Okay, nice. All right, we have Riley back. Okay, yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened. Like, my phone just uh, hung up. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, you were talking about uh, the mainstream acceptance of Japanese wrestling. Yeah, so, like, I really think, like, Ring of Honor has a big uh, hold on, like, having mainstream of Japanese wrestling over here because, 
you know, and honestly, like, even just, like, the Bullet Club coming over to the United States and having them wrestle, and it kind of brings an eye to New Japan is kind of seeing, like, these guys are over there. Like, let me check out the rest of the product and so on and so forth, and then you find some of these hidden gems that are over in Japan. And I think, like, in the past year, like, Ring of Honor has helped, and also with the Bullet Club being a uh, international travel has helped a lot, too. Now, speaking of traveling, everybody in the business knows that travel is part of what we do. What would you say are some of the travel tips you would give to a rookie that is just starting out? My biggest travel tip, wow, can't even speak. (laughs) My biggest travel tip that I have for a rookie that's starting out is get as many people as you can in the car because it makes the travel so much easier because, you know, there's going to be times where you're, like, traveling eight, nine, ten hours plus, you know, and it's kind of hard to do by yourself. So, I mean, if you can get as many people as possible to come in, help out, and plus, you know, you're helping other people as well on the way, like getting them to know promotions, getting to know other wrestlers. So, in the long run, it helps out a lot. Now, a lot of people in the industry would appreciate this, but I'm sure a lot of young wrestlers are still learning this, but travel bags can really make a difference as far as, like, making life easier for someone that is on the road wrestling. What are some of the tips you would give for someone that is breaking into the industry that needs a good bag? Uh, always bring uh, a pair of extra clothes because you never know. I mean, especially in Ohio, like if you're traveling from Ohio to, let's say, Massachusetts, you know, we in the northeast and east tend to get a lot of snow. So always, like, have some travel stuff with you. Like in my bag, I always have, you know, like shampoo, uh, deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, extra pair of clothes. Even if I'm just going there and back, you never know. So you always got to be prepared. Um, charger, you know, that's always something, you know, nowadays with technology. And Honestly, like personally, like my cell phone is my biggest thing for business when it comes to professional wrestling. So I always got to keep stuff on me and make sure that I'm good to go. So if I were to give one tip, definitely always pack a bag like you're staying the night because you never know what could happen. That is very true. Now, we are in the midst of Hanukkah right now as we speak, and Christmas is coming up and a few other holidays. Wrestlers usually have merchandise available, and they often make great holiday gifts. What are some of the pieces of merchandise that you're seeing out there right now that you think would be great holiday gifts? Um, well, I really, I, I'm going to be real with you. I really don't pay attention too much about merchandise. Um, I know I have a lot of great stuff on my website. Uh, it's teesprings.com, um, uh, Riley Rose merchandise. And, um, we got like fanny packs, t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, uh, just about everything, honestly. 
And that's the great thing about Teesprings because not a lot of people use it to like big, uh, big cartel or uh, pro wrestling tees. But like, if you're a professional wrestler and you're looking to find a website for merchandise, look up Teesprings. It's it's a good website. I've been using it for about a year now, and I've never had any issues with it. It helps out with people that see you at shows but don't have the money at the time, and you know they can get your merchandise at a later date and get it shipped to their house. So. Uh, you say you don't pay attention much to the merchandise. Do you think that by not looking at what other people have available, do you think that gives you more of an advantage because your things are going to be different because you're not copying from someone? Or do you think that maybe it puts you at a disadvantage because you're not seeing what does and does not sell? I mean, it kind of puts me in a disadvantage in a way because, you know, there's people that might be selling something that nobody else is, and then it pops somebody's eyes, and it's a big seller. But um, honestly, like, if it's something that pops my eyes with merchandise, I I think it would sell pretty well on my table as well. Um, But like I said, the merchandise side, I really haven't paid too much attention recently at least. One of the things that all wrestlers at some point in time or another will hear is, does anybody have any tape? Wrist tape is something that pretty much every wrestler either uses or carries with them so they have the option or whatever. Do you personally have a preference when it comes to wrist tape? Do you have like that? specific brand or a specific type of tape that you use? Um, so the, the specific type, because I don't do the traditional athletic wrist tape. I do the uh, athletic compression wrist tape, and that's just because of my arm hair. I don't want to rip it out every single time, and, you know, it, become a, it becomes a pain. And I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, the wrap before the wrist tape, so – I feel like playing football, I used to tape my wrist all the time, and that stuff just always slipped off. So imagine in a wrestling match. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say the athletic. There's not a specific brand, honestly, but I do get a little creative with my stuff. I like right now. I have like different wrist tapes for different gear and stuff like that, so it just pops out. Obviously, another important piece of a wrestler's like stock items that they have is the wrestling gear. Do you have a specific go-to gear maker that makes all of your stuff, or do you get gear from a variety of people? Um, I'm not against trying out other uh, gear makers, but as of right now, I have uh, Congo Kong that makes all my gear. So... Uh, he's been really good with keeping my measurements and everything. So all I have to do is give him the idea, give him some of the designs and stuff, the colors, and pretty much he, he's pretty quick with all my stuff. So shout out to Congo Kong. He, he's awesome with making gear. He is the best in the world. <laughs> I, I have several pieces that he has made for me over the years. I once almost jumped out of a helicopter to keep – Nurses from cutting up a single he made me, but they got to it before I could jump. 
Now, speaking of Congo Kong, he is a rather large individual. Who would you say is the largest opponent that you've ever faced? Um, trying to remember back. Uh, I'd have to say in recent memory, um, man, I feel like a lot of times I get matched up with people my size, so <laughs> it's kind of uh, hard to differentiate. Um, actually, there's one that I remember. Um, he goes by the name of Vanilla Gorilla, and uh, he was about 300 pounds, maybe 298, and he was a rather larger dude. And, man, let me tell you, those chops from him sucked. <laughs> On the flip side of that, who would you say has been the smallest opponent that you've ever faced? Oh, the smallest is uh, a guy named Krypton. He was, I think he's like, I, I don't want to, <laughs> hopefully he's not listening and murders me. Uh, but, uh it was I think he's like five two ish, hundred and twenty pounds. So like it's like that's the smallest person I've ever been in the ring with. And I'm a pretty small guy myself, honestly. So <laughs> Oh, one of the matches that used to be a very big attraction years ago you don't see very often anymore is the mixed match where you would have a full-size wrestler and what we call today a mini wrestler. Uh, They were at the time midget wrestlers, but those matches are pretty scarce these days, even though they used to be very, very popular. Do you think that eventually we'll see a return of that type of mixed match? I mean, with the popularity of independent wrestling, I see it coming very soon. Um, I, there's so many different types of professional wrestling out there. So, I mean, like, you got your lucha libre, you got your comedy, you got your traditional, like, uh, oh, what is that called? Uh, South wrestling, I guess, in a way. Um, so, I mean, like, for that to come back is not out of the question. We've also seen in the last five to seven years an explosion in popularity with women's wrestling. You see a lot of all women's groups pop up. Uh, Women wrestlers often main event the mainstream shows on TV. There's at no other time I can recall more popularity when it comes to women's wrestling what do you think changed that made women's wrestling sort of a mainstream acceptable form of wrestling, whereas years past it was seen as more of a filler, more of a novelty act? I think what really changed it is, is some of these uh, wrestlers, professional wrestlers, because they are professional wrestlers at the end of the day. Um, what changes is given that opportunity to show up and show out. I mean, I mean, one of the one memories that come into mind when it comes to like 
uh, women wrestlers being able to show out is uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, I can't remember which takeover. I think it was Takeover Brooklyn. But like just them giving that opportunity gave the next woman wrestler an opportunity and the next woman wrestler an opportunity and just so on and so forth. And that's what helped out with at least WWE. And it, I mean, it trickled down to the independent wrestling, which is awesome. So, like, I'm a huge fan of women wrestling. Some of these women uh, wrestlers, like professional wrestlers, are just doing stuff that are insane, like stuff that I couldn't probably even do <laughs> myself. And so, I mean, kudos to them and getting the opportunity. And honestly, like, I've always been a, a big person on equality. So, like, to see everybody on an equal field is awesome. Intergender wrestling is something that is also kind of controversial. There's a lot of people that have no issue whatsoever with it. A lot of people very much dislike intergender wrestling. And then there's people that don't really seem to have an opinion either way and will watch it if it's there. And if not, then it doesn't bother them. Where do you stand when it comes to the intergender matches? I think it's awesome, it's, and it shows that these professional wrestlers are professional wrestlers and not just a novelty act because they can go toe-to-toe with some of these uh, male professional wrestlers. And honestly, like, I just recently had an intergender match that uh, last Friday. So, uh, I and listen, they, they hit hard. <laughs> they hit really hard. So, it's, it's something that... I think it is great. Like, intergender wrestling is awesome. Um, as long as, like, at the end of the day, if you're entertaining the crowd, that's all that matters. So the two hardest hits I ever took were from Cameron Starr and then Mickey Knuckles. So I'm right there with <laughs> you when it comes to saying that women hit hard. Oh, yeah, if not harder. <laughs> yes. You being from Ohio, you're in an interesting area because in the territorial days, Ohio saw a lot of different promotions pass through. It was never really an exclusive part of any one territory like most places. You had Dick the Bruiser make sporadic showings in Ohio, Georgia Championship Wrestling came up to Ohio quite a bit, the Sheik would come down from Detroit quite a bit into Ohio, so there wasn't really a set territory in Ohio, which is different from most places. Do you ever delve into sort of the history of wrestling in Ohio and learn more about who actually was there before you and what was done in the older days of pro wrestling in Ohio? Honestly, I have not actually thought to uh, check it out, but I I love history. I love looking back at stuff. So, I mean, I'm not against it. Probably would do it in the near future, honestly. (laughs) But I honestly haven't had a moment or a time where I just had that thought of, like, I wonder how Ohio wrestling was in the territory days. So It was very interesting because – there wasn't really a true territory set up in Ohio. It kind of changed hands a lot. 
So you saw promoters from different territories that all tried their hand in Ohio to different levels of success. It's sort of an interesting state. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even, like, from when I started in 2018 to now, it's kind of like you see changes here and there from different promotions, different areas, and stuff like that. New promotions popping up. So, but I feel like that's just about every state. One of the people that was based in Ohio probably 25-ish years ago that is still close by is Al Snow. He ran a very successful school out of Lima, Ohio for a long time. Now he, of course, is affiliated with Ohio Valley Wrestling. Have you followed much about like what Al Snow is doing with Ohio Valley Wrestling since it's fairly close to you? Um, I honestly haven't watched too much of the product. Um, there's just so much wrestling out there, and there's only so little time that I get to watch uh, wrestling. Um, it's not off my radar. I definitely would love to go down to Ohio Valley Wrestling and be a part of the history that Ohio Valley Wrestling has. Um, but I, I do know how successful his school was. I think, it, yeah, it was in Lima, like you said, um, and just some of the people that came out of there. And I, I knew that he was a uh, in Ohio when it comes to training. For sure, definitely. Interestingly enough, and I'm not sure the exact reasonings, but Ohio Valley opened a sister promotion not only in Salt Lake City, Utah, but also in Romania. So there's like sister satellite promotions in places you'd never expect to see OVW. One of the other (laughs) aspects of pro wrestling that is sort of a dying breed is the role of the manager. You don't see very many at all at the national level. Independently, you see quite a few, but the quality and the training can vary quite a bit. Do you have any managers that you see that you think more promoters should look at? Um, not that's off the top of my head. And that's no discredit to some of the managers. I'm sure there's a lot of managers that are fantastic out there, but there's not anything that comes off the top of my head. All right. Well, we're getting down to the last few minutes here. Coach, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask? No, I'm good. All right. Well, Riley, if you wanted to say any last things to the listeners today, plug and promote anything and everything you got, social media, appearances, merchandise, your favorite dry cleaner, anything that you would like, the floor is yours. All righty. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at RealRileyRose. You can also find my Facebook page, and it's just under Riley Rose. Also, tomorrow I will be traveling all the way to Illinois and be wrestling Cole Radrick, um, Marcus Mathers, 
and uh, there's another one, no discredit to him. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, it will be streaming live on IWTV at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So go ahead and check that out. And uh, that's it for me for my plugs. Well, give my very best to Cole Roderick when you lock up with him. Uh, got to see him recently here in the Pacific Northwest. I know he's doing very well. You'll have a tough night with Big Swole Cole tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Big Swole Cole. <laughs> Well, Riley Rose, I want to wish you the very best of luck, and we definitely loved having you here. Hopefully we'll see you up here with Coach's Rural School Army at some point in the near future. Absolutely. I'm down. All right, fans, definitely go check out Riley Rose. He's got a lot up on the YouTube, so search him out. He's a great, great athlete. I think you'll be thoroughly enjoying his matches. Don't forget, you can find me tomorrow night at Power Pit Pro Wrestling in Roseburg, Oregon. That is deep in the heart of Oregon. I'll be there Sunday night, South Hill, Washington, a suburb of Tacoma. I'll be at the Hardcore Tournament for Northwest Pro. Also, Glamour will be presenting matches in between the Hardcore Tournament matches. So make sure you join us for that. Everybody continue to stay safe out there, support your local independent pro wrestling, and we will be back with you Sunday afternoon, Military Appreciation Day. We'll have some wrestlers representing every branch of the military, so make sure you join us for that. It's going to be a great experience. We'll talk to you then. I learned something else. You don't just take the hand and go inside to Calling all the stars to fall. I can't just feel that I'm a sunlight in your hands. That's not what they want to do. That's not how we like to start.